The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. NFL Week 9 locks. We're talking against the spread. We're talking game analysis. The NFL, baby, the season is heating up. We got a lot of good teams. We got a lot of awful teams. But um, when we have a lot of good teams, there are a lot of awesome matchups. We got the Lions from Bovada Sportsbook as usual. So we're going to be digging in this week to the Green Bay Packers versus San Francisco 49ers. Uh, The Seattle Seahawks versus the Buffalo Bills. The Pittsburgh Steelers versus Dallas Cowboys. And New Orleans Saints versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we will be, uh, you know, doing the rapid fire at the end of the show as usual you're listening to sean and brad brad how you doing my friend i'm well we're doing a big today baby great matchups i'm excited about these yeah it's um you know i was going through because i was um i'm gonna be starting to do like a bunch of nfl mock draft stuff on the youtube channel and you know it's about that time of year because you know half the league at this point their seasons are over so they're already looking forward to 2021 so that is a trip right right i don't know if we've seen that before yeah man it's like lack this season is the lack of parody it's the weirdest year in yeah. history for sports and for everything else and in general uh yeah dude so um I'm, I'm going through i'm trying to figure out what the the fairest way to identify a draft order halfway through the season and i'm looking through it's just like there are like 10 teams that are like two and six and worse Right. Wow. Usually you, you get think, a lot more people in 500 area. Do you think that there's a chance that more teams are wrapping their head around like, hey, you know, the best thing for our organization is to kind of, you know, <clears throat> tank is the wrong word, but I don't know. I don't know about that stress losses as much. That's maybe? the way if I was ownership, that's the way I would do it. But the problem is you got coaches like see Atlanta. I mean, Raheem Morris, who's the interim head coach. You would think he's kind of dead man walking at this point that Atlanta's just going to blow it up and hire new coaching staff. And the same is true of, I guess, Romeo Cronell in, in Houston. But these coaches, meanwhile, they're like, well, we want to show other owners in the league that I can lead a group of people because I want to be course. a head coach again. So even if the organization wants to tank, like, what do you do? I think that's I think that's what the Jets are doing, though. And they're like, everybody hates Adam Gase. We're just going to keep him all season so he loses as many games as possible. Yeah, and that, that could be true. And it wouldn't be the worst uh, strategy for them, right? Yeah. It would actually be an excellent strategy. Also, some people theorize that the Dolphins are doing that a little bit. I'm not saying they are or they aren't, but... That's the weirdest thing. Um, you know, I know we're not going to feature the Miami Dolphins versus Arizona Cardinals, but we may as well talk about that just briefly. Um, with the Arizona Cardinals 5-2 and two and the Dolphins now 4-3, and three, the weirdest thing to me about Miami... Um, is Fitzpatrick, you know, I said this coming into the season, like there's no rush to get Fitzpatrick off the field. We talk about this. Like we say Fitzpatrick and Nick Foles are like the same quarterback to us. Is that they can go in and they'll sling it and sometimes they'll get you four touchdowns and and just look amazing. And the next week they'll throw four picks and get you like a touchdown or two and drive you nuts. It's like a 500 quarterback. But Ryan Fitzpatrick has had Chan Gailey... Um, he's been in a system between Buffalo and New York Jets um, with Chan Gailey, who runs that offense, for like four seasons. And so when I saw like on the bye week that the Dolphins at 3-3 three and three in the thick of a chase for the seventh playoff seed, because there's an extra playoff seed this year, yeah. when they made the decision to go to Tua, I thought, man, this team is still, they play hard, they're still in it, they're in a weak division, so they should get freebie wins against the Jets um, and possibly even the Patriots at this point from what we're seeing. Two has got to be playing, outplaying Ryan Fitzpatrick on the, well, on the yeah, field, and he right? Well, yeah, might be, right? And, and, you know, I said a few weeks ago, like, why why even go with Fitzpatrick? I mean, what does anyone think he's going to lead him to a Super Bowl? You yeah. know, and that has to be the goal. And I think it's like a very, it's like a mature decision by the Dolphins, right? Like, well, we're, we're not playing just to be 8-8. Eight eight. That's BS. Like, yeah. Let's, let's figure out what this two has got. And... And like you said, no one's mentioned it. Maybe he is outplaying him in practice. Right. He deserves to be the starter. Let me say this, though. After watching that game against the Rams, in that, I mean, the Miami Dolphins defense, this will surprise you, Brad. The Miami Dolphins have the number one scoring defense in the league. Did you know that? Wow. I did not know that. Dude, they've been, they've been beating the crap out of teams the last, like, three, four weeks. They play hard, man. I'll give them that. They really do. And so, like, Miami, like, I've... I've liked after last year because they started what like zero and five last year. I've liked them as a better from the back half yes. of last season because and then they started what zero and two this year, so people started writing them off again. And they've been covering spreads. I mean, they're like one of the best like cover teams I think in the NFL. So I've been I've been liking them, but 
I, I saw that game, and I'm not going to throw too much shade at um, Tua because he didn't have to pass, so why put anything on film? But um, And the Rams are a tough defense. It's a tough matchup. But, like, why go with Tua? Like, Ryan Fitzpatrick just looks like a better quarterback. But to your point, what are they going to do? They're going to go 9-7? and seven? Maybe ten and yeah, six of all like stacks, that can't right? Can't be the goal, man, because that's that's like NFL uh, purgatory. Abyss. Yeah, yeah, it's purgatory. Yeah, better yeah. word. You know, you don't get a great draft pick, and you're just kind of good enough to not really do anything. It's a bad place to be. It is, and you know, I can't. I, you know, I think you could argue either way. I tend to like what the Green Bay Packers did with Aaron Rodgers. It's if you have a quarterback and you can compete, then give that guy. Or what the Chiefs did with uh, Patrick Mahomes in his rookie season. They could have gone from Alex, you know Alex Smith, he's not going to win the Super Bowl. They could have gone from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes his rookie year, halfway yeah, through. Right, but right. to be fair, you know, the Chiefs at that point were winning the division, and they were probably a top three team in the conference. Miami's not quite there yet. So, I mean, six on one, half a dozen on the other, I don't really right. care. But I think what I can say for sure is that we didn't really get anything out of Tua last week because he didn't have to. They could go completely vanilla. I know Dolphins fans say there were some drops in that game. I watched the whole game, even with drops. He just didn't look impressive, but that's not a. I'm not criticizing him because they didn't have to dial anything up special. They were beating the crud and out of the Rams. You know, now he's got a game under his belt. Yeah, like, there is nothing wrong with that, man. Get this guy all the reps, all the looks. That's yep. the only way he's going to improve. You know, we could argue it to the end of time. Is it better to leave a guy on the bench for three years? Maybe. Is it better to just get him out there and have him play those three years, even if he looks terrible? Maybe, yeah. right? So, like you said, six and one, half a dozen in the other. Uh, I do like the, the move from Miami because it's yeah. long-term, and it's one of success. Yeah, and I don't hate it, and we got to see what two is. And another thing to, to consider is the Miami Dolphins own the Houston Texans' first-round pick. That's looking right now like it could be a top-five pick. So Miami, right. you got Trevor Lawrence coming out in the draft. Yeah, they have Tua, but maybe they trade a team Tua plus that Houston pick for the number one pick and take Lawrence sure. if, if sure. they don't like what they have. I don't Lots think that'll happen. Yeah, so Miami, you know, and, and they won the game. They're 4-3, and three and they have a dirty I mean, defense. What was the knock on Tua? Because it yeah. seems to me like he got a victory in his first start. So he didn't do much? Is that the deal? Well, yeah, I mean, his, his, his stat line, and again, I watched the game. It's just that... To me, to me, what it looked like is the Los Angeles Rams defense played a hell of a game. The Miami Dolphins outplayed the Los Angeles Rams defense. They got turnovers. They scored on defense. That game was like twenty-eight to ten early, and then Tua, you know, you just basically didn't have to didn't have to well, do anything, you know. Okay, fine, but it's a hell of a start to go it against is. Aaron Donald. Yes, yes, it is. I mean, come on, yeah. he's he's that player, right? It's yeah. like the it's like when a defense has to go against. Rodgers or Brady like that's a big deal because that guy's nuts yeah yeah right? I still so, yeah I I mean I still see Tua they said that Tua is basically a more mobile Drew Brees coming out of college right well hey that's not a bad comparison exactly and and you know he's got receivers he's got weapons I don't love the way the Miami Dolphins are running the football and so that always hurts you when you get to you know December January all that sure, stuff but sure. um you know the Dolphins right now though We'll see. It's dependent on how well Tua plays, but I th- I think that they could get that playoff seed. I really do. Uh, I think they could, and Buffalo isn't looking as good as they did to start mm-hmm. the year. Everybody's uh, big. The- I was gonna say maybe. everybody's like just giving the division to Buffalo. Uh, Miami's only one game down in the loss column, and they get to right. play Buffalo again. Right, exactly. So it's theirs for the taking. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Wouldn't so it it's be something if Tua took them to the playoffs. I mean, it, it would be. Give them the shot. Yeah. Hey, Lamar Jackson did it in his rookie year. You know, sure. with the Baltimore Ravens, so it's possible, man. It could be. I'm I'm looking forward, but I'll just since we were talked about the Dolphins for so long, I'll hit you with the line. Bavada has the Miami Dolphins plus four and a half on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. Who would you have there? You know what? I like the Dolphins there. I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but I like them to to be in a dogfight, man. I think the Dolphins are a great team to cover. Yeah, man, they play so w- with so much effort, and I love the Cardinals this year too, man. They're a lot of fun to I watch. Me too. And their defense is getting better. <clears throat> what I'm really looking forward to is Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator for the Cardinals, is just going to put as much pressure as he can on Tua, and we'll see if he can handle the pressure. I don't you know. know. The Cardinals, speaking of them real quick, is is they kind of, if they play Seattle, they're in a dogfight. And then if they play the Jaguars, they're in a dogfight. Yeah. You know, it's almost like the Lions. They're they're not going to roll over to anybody. Yeah. And they always kind of play to their competition, even though they might not squeak it out. And that's right. what I see from Arizona at this point. Yeah, they you know they got a season or two to mature, um, mm-hmm. but they're ahead of schedule um, as far as I'm concerned, man. I really like what they're doing. 
Um, well, to Juba's point, that that little guy that got playing in Arizona, Kyler Murray, they put yeah. him in right away, did they not? They did, and he excelled. Right. And he's excelling. Yep. Okay, and he's getting better each day. And you know, I think the days, man, when Aaron Rodgers sat for three years, and yeah. the league is too complex for people, and you know, the quarterback position is one of athleticism these days. Yeah, you're and right. You can get by on pure athleticism. It's not everything, but man, it helps you in a crunch. You're right. Yeah, and last year Murray did get by on athleticism a bunch of weeks, and this season you can see he's more refined, and he exactly still has right. that athleticism. And that's what we saw from Russell. We call him Baby Russell Wilson, and that's what we saw from Russell Wilson right. early in his career. You know, right. speaking of, of of athleticism, you know Daniel Jones last night. He does have athleticism, but he's not in the same ballpark as those other guys, no. right? I'm selling. Man, I saw Jones. that guy miss about five throws. <laughs> Oh, God, it was disgusting. Yeah. Just five errant throws that could have been placed somewhere else. It was driving me nuts. Enough about that guy. Early pick, right? Early pick. Early anyway. terrible pick. <laughs> terrible. Let's move it on. We got the Green Bay Packers versus the San Francisco 49ers, which I love this game. It's Speaking very terrible. Go ahead. Yeah, the Bucks, or I'm sorry, the the Packers lost to the uh, to the Vikings. That was um, that's what I would call a bad loss. That's a game you got to win. Um, yeah, it was a bad loss. It was a really odd game. I'm not sure if you caught it at all, but no, I didn't have that one on a TV, so I wasn't watching that one this week. Yeah, well, the the Packers defense, if you want to call geez, them that, right. Jesus, man, nobody knows how to tackle. I couldn't name you a linebacker's name, um, probably because they never show up in the stat sheet. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's either the defensive line or the defensive backs making exactly. tackles. Exactly. There's just it's there's a void in the middle, man. That's where the hole in the cheese is. Yeah. And um, it was a weird game because the the Packers offense came out on fire, mm -hmm. right? Like two straight drives, two straight. I saw that. Drive. Yeah. Unstoppable. Without but, Aaron Jones, too. Correct. Correct. And but the the defense couldn't get off the field, and then so like this this momentum that the Packers usually, you know excel with mm -hmm. you know it just got taken from them and yeah. they, they only had the ball twice in the first half right and then the ball went to the vikings again in the second half you feel mm -hmm. me yeah and then so before you know it they're down seven all of a sudden yeah and, and they and their offense hasn't been on the field all but you know it's not on the yeah. field and there was no momentum and it was just really weird and choppy and Man, you know, everyone talks about Green Bay, how they need a receiver, need a receiver, need a receiver, and maybe so, but Jesus, man, get somebody on the defensive, you know, the yeah. midfield on the defense. Come on. Yeah, maybe like, uh, you, you know what's funny is in defense, the defense, so like offense, if you're looking for a difference maker, you can find a difference making offensive guard or center in like the fourth rounds. You know, these mm -hmm. guys that, you know, they're not going to show up, they're not going to have the big extension and all that stuff, but they will just anchor your 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 offensive line for a decade, you know, and make not much sure. money, and it's like what it's like your meat and potatoes. It's it's what you need. Yeah. And the defense there are two two positions that you can replace easily in the you know, second, third, fourth rounds and have like pro bowlers. Strong safety Free safety safety used to be one like these rangy guys, but now that you have like an Ed Thomas and you know Teron Matthew and like these like rangy guys that are ball hawks, they kind of changed yeah. that. CC so free safety's drafted a strong safety that can you know stop the run um, and maybe guard a tight end, which is increasingly um, necessary in today's NFL. Sure. And a middle linebacker, you can get a, an an impact middle linebacker late in drafts. And th that seems to me like what the Packers need right now because they're getting gashed in the run game. Yeah, and, yeah. And well, they had Blake Martinez, and he—I thought he went to the Giants, right? Did, well, he did. Yeah. yeah. So they let him go, but he was incredible, and he's somebody yeah. that that not too many people knew about. But man, all that guy did was make tackles. He yep. was everywhere, and he is everywhere for the Giants, and he still is everywhere. The guy's an animal, mm -hmm. you know. And for some reason, he goes under the radar. Not sure why, but when he left, it's like you almost need like a like a personality at middle linebacker like yeah. someone that's going to hold court and be a leader yep right yep. and keep everyone in line almost like the quarterback would on the other side of the and ball. oftentimes the middle linebacker is the one that relays the signals to the defense well, right that's yeah. exactly right so he in a way is the leader and sets the tone and they have none of that the defensive backfield i don't think is the problem no what was a problem though is the lack of effort that i saw mm. Uh, you know, we were talking about Miami, and what have I said about Miami since uh, Flores got there to coach? Is they play hard. They play hard. They could be down they thirty. They could be down thirty points like they were last season, 
in the fourth quarter and you see a guy run on a sweep and what do you see is you see seven dolphins in frame trying yes, to tackle the guy yes, yes the coaching there is fantastic i mm-hmm. have to admit because it's, it's not like they have all the talent in the world right yeah and they're all they're always just in it and scrappy yeah but you can see that and you can see that with the franchise and that's when things are turning so it's a little troubling when you see when you say that the green bay packers are not playing with effort because they're a damn good team uh, right, right. And, and they don't there have a couple of plays there where Dalvin Cook was just dicing people up and you saw guys just kinda running a little bit and just maybe leaving it to somebody else. It was disgusting. Yeah. It was gross. It was gross to see and I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. It's you know, the funny thing about the Packers is is they don't they don't just lose normally. Right? <laughs> they don't just like go yeah. somewhere and have a hard fought game. Have a good loss, as I call have it. Have a good loss. You know, you fought hard. You played well, but you didn't. You didn't squeak it out, and that's what mm-hmm. happens. It's it's like they get they get out coached or out manned a little bit. Out efforted, maybe. Yeah, we... out efforted. Sure. They yeah. just don't show up, and it's it's the oddest thing. Yeah. And I don't know what that is, um, but damn it. well let's look at the 49ers because the 49ers lose jimmy garoppolo and george kittle in the same week boy that team they're like the eagles they can't stay on the field they can't stay on the field but unlike the eagles they're so deep that they always and they're so well coached yes right that like that organization is so strong it's like they're building an organizational structure like what we say the ravens you know or or what i would used to say is is the new england patriots although i we as we've argued the last couple weeks i i'm not a buyer i'm a big seller on the new england patriots at least me too man we've got to let that go and and adapt with the times i guess yeah i know but um san francisco the one thing they can do always against anybody is run run the ball yeah, right. So Green Bay's in trouble. Green Bay is in trouble. Green even Bay with, is in trouble. Even with the quarterback. Even with uh, Mullins. Minkins, Mullins. Yeah, even with Minkus, uh, Boy Meets World. Minkus. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Minkus back there. Yeah, the, um, yeah and then, uh, you know, even with receiver Debo Samuels on IR, um, George Kittle now is going to be out like eight weeks, maybe the rest of the year or something like that. Even with that, San Francisco, Raheem Mostert's out. You know, you're going to be going towards your third and fourth. I still think Green Bay's in trouble because I, know, I do too. I do too. I don't think I. I actually don't think they win. Yeah, it's it's it weird. Weird to say, but I, they're definitely in trouble. San Francisco was the worst matchup for them by way of mm-hmm. coaching and and scheme. Yeah, and we saw that last year twice. And yeah, that, they weren't that, competitive. Right, and that that's not going to change regardless of who's back there. Yeah, they'd almost be better off having Garoppolo back there because they'd probably ask him to throw a little bit more. <laughs> I know. I seriously, yeah. this could be this could be. This could be 50 runs from San Francisco. Totally, just pound, pound, totally. pound. And they, I'm I'm worried for Green Bay because that, that Minnesota game, and I, I thought that Minnesota would get better throughout the season. I was surprised at how poorly they started the year, but their schedule is also brutal. Absolutely yeah. brutal. Well, we know Minnesota is, they're not the Jets. Even though yeah. they're one in five, they're, they're a competitive and a good one in five, mm-hmm. if that could even be possible, right? You know, you, you can't just have them come into town and overlook them. Right. Maybe there was a little bit of that. I don't could know. Could be. Could but that be, bullshit, man. We we said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna zip it because I'm acting on emotion here. <laughs> you are counterproductive as an adult. You're right. right? You are right. I'll yeah. acquiesce to you. Just tell me some stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna. I, we already said it. San Francisco. I'm just a big believer in the run game, and the line early in the week. I'm sure is gonna shift. I'm just gonna give you the line right now. Green Bay, according to Bavada, is minus three to open the week. Although I tend to think with the quarterback situation, yeah. it's gonna slide even more in Green Bay's right. favor. Right. And then on that the road, the better the week. San what? Fran. You know, if the line ends up at, at Green Bay minus four or minus four and a half, that could be the, the bet of the week, taking San Fran. I bet you this thing gets up to six and a half, seven. Yeah, you think so? I think so. It's, you know, it's blasphemous coming out of my mouth, but got to be a realist at times, no? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take, you know, early in the week, I was going to take San Francisco. Uh, or I'm sorry, I was going to take Green Bay. I am switching my pick to San Francisco because I think that line is going to switch. And Garoppolo hasn't been playing great. The key is, you know, Mullins came out and laid an absolute egg against Philadelphia on Sunday Night Football mm. a while ago. It's going to be a primetime game, short week. Mullins has to have a clean stat sheet. If he can avoid turnovers this week, I think San Francisco covers this game just based on where I think the line will end up. And because uh, San Francisco can run the ball, man, it's going to be ball control. And that's yeah. Green Bay's big weakness. And that's a big weakness to have. Against San Fran. And when you get into the playoffs. Because yes, Seattle exactly. can run the ball. 
Right, right. Tampa Bay can turns, run the ball. Man, it's run centric. You start getting into, into these physical teams. That that's who survives. Yeah. You know? Yep. The the days when what was it the uh, greatest show on turf and you could just air it out and yeah. you know excel that way like that does exist right? Casey does that. Yeah. But you come across these teams that are going to punch you in the mouth. You find yourself down ten before you know it. The and... NFL is swinging back, especially with the mobile quarterback. This, yeah. The NFL is swinging back towards running, and these running teams, I really like them in the playoffs. I like that. I like yeah. that. I miss the days of running defense, man. We need more of that. I miss nine, seven games, you know, going into the fourth. I don't uh, – going into the fourth, that's fine. I don't want that to be the final. But a little bit of that drama, some ball control. You know, nine, seven. At least give me one well, one long touchdown. Let's make it at least like 17, 14 going into the fourth. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that because that 13-3 to three Super Bowl two years ago was gross. Oh, it was disgusting. That was oh, a bad was game. Uh, let's move it on. We got, um, the Seattle Seahawks versus Buffalo Bills, which for me, well, it's one of my top two games of the week in terms of, I'm just looking forward to watching it. Uh, look, Seattle, you know, we'll see what happens. Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde have been both been banged up. Um, you know, DJ Dallas, I, I just, you know, I know fantasy football people that the, the hype was out there. I love fantasy football, but I was just never a big buyer on him. He did get in the end zone twice, but I didn't like his efficiency last week. Um, tougher matchup, though. The 49ers are good run defense. Um, Buffalo Bills are interesting to me because, yes, they beat the Patriots, but their big issue is kind of like Green Bay, who we were just talking about, man. They, sure. You can run on them. You sure. can run on them. So I think Seattle will do a lot better if Chris Carson's back. Um, Buffalo, I'd like to see Buffalo test the run a little bit more. Although if you're ever going to play that Buffalo Bills 2020 style football where you're going to push it up the sidelines, this is the week with Stephon Diggs and John Brown going against Seattle secondary, which has been a problem. Russell Wilson still on target, I believe, for 60 touchdown passes halfway through the yep. year. Yep, something like that. Unquestionably, yeah. Let me Go just for say, it. I, I, I don't care who Seattle's playing. There's, there's no way I'm betting against them. It's like New England for the past 20 years. If you're gonna, you're gonna ask me to bet against Russell Wilson, it's not happening, dude. The guy is on. Fire, like we called. He's next level, man. He he's, is. He's in that rare spot, right? Yep. Um, I, I think no matter what happens, man, Seattle can be down 17 in the first. And Russell Wilson just believes in himself like nobody else. You know, and, and Buffalo is on the backslide. And I think this is a bad week for them. They could have really benefited from having like a Jets this week and just put a hurt on somebody. You know what, though? They had the Jets coming off a couple. Of, I think they had lost to Tennessee and Kansas City in, in their weeks, the two hardest games on their schedule. We're talking about the Bills here. And then they had the Jets and they couldn't put it in the end zone. I know. They were bad that week, too. I, I, I feel you, know? you on that. I and, feel you. Yep. I, uh, you know, and, and they played better against Kansas City. <clears throat> it was a slop weather game, and Buffalo's had a, a bunch of slop weather games. It's Buffalo. You're going to get that, right? Um, but, you know, Buffalo, I, I felt like New England blew that game uh, because New England just came out and started to try to pass the ball. Like, New England did what it does. You know, they're like, oh, let's let's outthink the room and, you know, let's do what they expect least. Everybody sees slop weather. Cam Newton struggling. Let's come out and let's try to throw and prove to everybody that they can throw the ball. And so yeah. the, for the first half, like their best weapon in the Patriots, they didn't use him in Damian Harris. They started using him in the second half and New England started coming back. But by then it was too late. So, you know, kudos to Buffalo. Um, you know, my big question, I love the offense. My big question is the defense. It's not playing like Buffalo Bills style defense to me sure, right now. Sure, sure. So this has all the makings of like a big shootout to me. Well, it does. It, it actually, you know, Bite my tongue. It has all the makings of Seattle just putting one on somebody. Have they done that yet this year? Like, have they come out and just whacked somebody? They're for being so good. What's up with that? Well, their defense is pathetic. Uh, let me look. Okay, I have so the. There it is. Yeah. I have the um, the points, the opponent points per game. Oh, do I? I thought I had it up. Okay, point. So, like defense, scoring defense. Seattle's twenty fourth in the league. They give up twenty eight point four points. However, Buffalo is 14th at 24.9 points. So Seattle's given up, like, you know, an extra four points per game. Offensively, these are two really good teams. Seattle's number one in the league at 34.1 points per game. I mean, that's I mean, that's really good, right? Yep. And Buffalo, yep. they started on fire, but they've kind of cooled off as of late. So they're at 25 points a game. So if you look at Buffalo, right, 25 points per game. And let me pull up. Let me get to the because I'm not sure if I believe that one stat. Points per game. Sorry, I'm pulling up Buffalo right now. Yeah, so Buffalo, 24.8 points per game is what they score, and they give up. What did I say? 24.9. So their yeah. net, their net point, they're 5-2. and two, Was it 5-2? and two? Their net points per game are lower than their score points. That's 
That's like, when does that ever happen? Seattle, they're bad defensively. At this point, I do think there's room to get better. But they're good against the run, unlike the Packers. So when it gets sloppy, I think that favors Seattle as the weather gets bad. Um, it's just interesting. So Seattle, in terms of net points per game, is better. That's my point here. Right, right. But they give up a lot of points. But you know, they, they do. Score more. They do, and it's so weird, man. Because Pete Carroll isn't he a defensive guy? Like, yeah. What What got away from them? Well, they, you know, I mean, that defense they had for a while was just legit, and it's. I mean, the, the days go on. You get new players, but man, they got to figure it out over there defensively. Give Russell Wilson some type of help. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, they so the the defense has gotten worse. Like they had their rebuild after the Legion of Boom, but we we've always said it was a retool. It wasn't a rebuild. Like they're, I mean, they were good this year. They're bad, and they've had some injuries in the secondary, like in stuff. I really do think that they're going to get better. And to me, like if I'm looking at a defense as we project into the playoffs, I want a defense that's better stopping the run than stopping the pass. If you're going to be bad in something, I'd rather you be bad in the secondary because it's harder. Yeah to throw with precision in the snow when it's 30 yes, degrees. True. It's hard. That's very true. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, I look at these teams, and I think the matchup's a beautiful matchup. Like It's going to be a great game. Do you know what time that's on? Uh, I'm assuming it's on late. Um, oh, right, because it's uh, in Seattle. No, it's in Buffalo, but I'm just oh, assuming okay. they've moved that to a late game. I'm, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll pull well, it up. Well, you would hope. Unless yeah. they're going to keep shoving Dallas down our face. Jesus, man. <laughs> Every time you turn on the TV, 4.30, it's Dallas versus somebody else, no matter what their record is. Well, I hate to tell it's you, we're, gonna, and Buck. we're talking about Pittsburgh versus uh, Dallas later. You know that's going to be on a freaking uh, 4.25 game if you're in the Eastern 100%. time zone. 100%. There has never been a team in the history of professional sports that are actually more interesting when they're trash. Yeah, you're right. You're that's right. it, man. That's it. We want to see them fail, and we want to talk about it. What is that, man? <laughs> it's the star. Oh, uh, let's look. Buffalo. Oh, it is an early game. Buffalo, Seattle is an early game. So there you have it. Um, let, look, so Buffalo, I, I think Norman has to play. I think that's a big deal. Seattle's going to be pushing the ball vertically. Buffalo's going to be doing the same. I think we're. I, this might be one of the more exciting, if not the most exciting game to watch if you love long passing plays this season. Because, I mean, both teams are primed to throw the ball. And both defenses, like... I would say Seattle will commit to the run, but I don't like DJ Dallas to, to be a volume running back. Yeah, so I don't yeah. know if Seattle can do that. We're going to see what's going to happen health-wise. But let me hit you with the line because I think this one is going to stay stagnant throughout the week. Bavada has Seattle minus three versus Buffalo. Who would you have there? I got Seattle, man. Again, I can't I can't go against Russell. You know, the weird thing is, though, is they, they, they'll probably win by a point or two. Yeah. You know? but, but still, like, I'm not going to bet on that. Happening. You know, Buffalo, yes, I know they've won the last two games, but they haven't looked as on fire as they started looking yeah, right. to begin the season. And at this point, we can't say, yeah, the defense is, is going to be back to Buffalo elite. It's too late in the season for that, guys. Like, they, they are what they are. They're kind of this year a mid-range defense in terms of points, um, you know, points against average. That's just what they are. And the offense, I think the defensive coordinators are kind of figuring out what they're trying to do. I still like Buffalo quite a bit. I mean, they're still a top 10 team for me, so I'm not saying otherwise. But Seattle right now on my power rankings this week, spoiler alert, are the number three team. I'm not going to bet against Russell Wilson this year. I mean, this is on pace for 60 touchdowns. I think we're going to get four touchdowns from Russell Wilson, possibly four from Josh Allen as well. It's going to be high scoring, but I'm not betting against Russell Wilson. No way. What an awesome matchup. I can't wait for that. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Uh, Another interesting matchup, just because of, you know, the polarity between these two, the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Dallas Cowboys, who are just saying, look, Pittsburgh really impressed me against the Baltimore Ravens. Um it was interesting because the Baltimore Ravens, we talk about teams. We like teams that can just punch you in the mouth over and over again. Yeah, right. And, you know, we post these videos, and thankfully, Pittsburgh, we appreciate you, you know, coming on the channel, supporting the channel, and watching these videos and everything. But, you know, Pittsburgh fans going into that, Baltimore's reading the comments, are like, ah, Pittsburgh's going to shut down the run. And I thought that, you know, that was cer- certainly plausible given what they did to um, um, Cleveland a couple weeks before that. And Derrick Henry, they were, he was contained. I wouldn't say they shut him down, but they contained him. But what's different about Cleveland that runs more of like, uh, you know, like the Shanahan kind of style where they run these um, wide runs and it's the one cut and go. Pittsburgh's linebackers are just crashing that and Cleveland had no shot. Baltimore, on the other hand, they run these dive plays that just over and over again, right up the gut. Gruden does the same thing with with the Raiders. And... Like, at halftime, I think they had, like, 200 yards rushing at halftime, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know? Right. And, but they and, ran the hell out of the ball in a loss. They did. 
They did. did. And they were controlling that game. But what happened was, you know, um, yeah, some Steelers fans took issue with my analysis of the Ravens game. But, you know, Lamar Jackson turns the ball over four times in that game, right? Yeah, you can't be doing that. He's backslid a little bit, right? I mean, you got to wonder what's going on over there. He's not a passer. He's not. Yeah, he hasn't developed that yet, you know? Maybe the athleticism that he has is kind of hindering his his development in Maybe. his arm. I mean, Maybe. I think that's, uh, I mean, possibly, and it could be a lot of game plans. So you know what the Ravens like to do. They like to control the ball. And and what I have said and what we said, because, again, Steelers fans, Brad picked them to go to the Super Bowl, and he's looking pretty damn smart right now. I picked sure. them to lose sure. in the AFC Championship game mm-hmm. to the Ravens, and I'm, or I'm sorry, to the um, to the Chiefs. And I think both of us feel really great about the, those predictions. And these are preseason sure. predictions, by the way. So, like, we liked Pittsburgh coming in. And the reason I like Pittsburgh more than Baltimore is because he got Roethlisberger. And, and what I said, the reason I like Pittsburgh more is what happened. Pittsburgh Steelers were down in that game. And they came back and they won. Because Roethlisberger and that Pittsburgh Steelers offense is so lethal that even if you're losing by 10 you know, points or more in the fourth quarter, you can come back and win. The Chiefs are the only other team in that conference that I feel can do that. Right, right. You know? And I just mentioned the Chiefs real quick. I, I know Pittsburgh is fantastic, and they're still undefeated, are they not? Yeah, they are. 8-0. And, oh. and we we know what's going on in Tampa. 7-0. Oh. Things like that. 7-0, yeah. Oh, yeah. But has there ever been a week where we still didn't think that Kansas City wasn't the best team in the league, even if they, they didn't look that way, right? I mean, it's yeah. them. It has to be them. Come on. It's, you know, the Kansas, I agree. I agree. I mean, yeah. first of all, they're yeah, the champions home. and they lost to the Raiders. They had a really cruddy game against the Chargers that they eked by and won. But I mean, yes, you could see right. what they were doing is they just, they came out flat and right, right. going through the motions. But when the Chiefs played the Ravens and when the Chiefs played the Bills, I mean, it wasn't really a contest, right? You almost, you, you know, you get to be so good maybe that you just, you need motivation to get up. Right. Yeah. And playing a playing a bad team that you know you're supposed to win. It's not very exciting for them or, or emotional for mm-hmm. them, right? And so I think that might be what's happening. But to me, to to put anybody else at number one in the power ranking is a little foolish. I am putting Pittsburgh ahead in the power ranking because because well there's a couple of things. I, I think this is clearly these are clearly the two best teams in the AFC. And I think clearly that um, if all stacks right and people can stay healthy, I think these are going to be the AFC Championship teams. I mean, just I don't see I don't see Buffalo, I don't see Baltimore, um, who would probably be my three and four in that conference. The Chiefs or the Colts, who are now at actually five and two, kind of sneaking up in record wise, they have a good defense, but those teams aren't scaring anybody. The only yeah. teams that ha- that can play defense and score a lot of points are Pittsburgh and Kansas City, right? And right. you know, and let's. You know, at this point of the season we're end today, Pittsburgh would have that at their home field. Um, yeah, they would. yeah, because the Chiefs have a loss and Pittsburgh doesn't, you know? Right. And right. I can't remember. The Chiefs have an AFC loss. So, you know, tiebreakers-wise, even if they end up with the same amount of losses, you know, if Pittsburgh loses a game to the NFC, that's the tiebreaker uh, because I don't believe right. they play the play each other this year. But either way, it's like there are teams, and I'm looking at the NFL at this point, Tampa Bay is another one, team that can really shut you down defensively. And score a lot of points. Yes, so if right. it's a shootout, you can compete. If it's a low-scoring game, you can compete. Baltimore can well, compete if it's a low-scoring game, but yeah. not a shootout to me. I agree with you 100%. There, who are the few teams in the league that can shut you down defensively and score, right? Yeah. It's it's That's a rare breed. We have Kansas City, Pittsburgh. Tampa's looking like that team. And, uh, well, you can't put Green Bay on the list. You can't put Seattle on the list. Um we thought it was Buffalo for a bit. You can't add them anymore. No, you can't. You got to take them off. You're right. I mean, you can't take them out um, of the list. I'm pulling up a um, an average scoring margin. So, like your your average amount of victory, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, the Kansas City Chiefs are number one in the league. I don't think that's any shock to anybody. At twelve point six, um, Tampa Bay is number two at ten point wow. two, and they're improving. Remember, they started rusty with Tom Brady. So yes, they're right, they're number two in the right. league with a ten point margin. Baltimore is number three at ten point one. But that, as we just said, I think Baltimore is the type of team that they have to play from ahead and kill you running the ball out. Sure, sure. Otherwise, they got no gas. They right, got nothing. Right. That's it. That's the strategy, and that's how they're going to do it. That's how they're going to do it. But they can't really, to me, Baltimore. That style of play is not going to get you over the hump against a Pittsburgh or Kansas City. Sure, sure, sure. It's it falls short. It falls short. And then Pittsburgh's right. number four at nine point nine. So you're talking about Baltimore ten point one. Pittsburgh 9.9, Tampa 10.2, so they're all within 0.3 points, and you got Kansas City up here. Um, 
Look, you know, Pittsburgh, I can't say enough about this team. They're fantastic, and they're absolutely Super Bowl threat. You got Super Bowl pedigree. Ben Roethlisberger has two under his belt. You got the receivers. Even if you stop Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool, you still got Ebron. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens did about as good as you could do against the the Steelers this week. They forced the, the Steelers to go to Ebron in key situations. Deontay Johnson, I think he was in and out, some injuries, so he wasn't a factor. Claypool had a fumble, I think, in that game. I don't think you can play Pittsburgh's offense any better than the Ravens did and the Pittsburgh sure. Steelers won. Sure. So sure. then you look at Dallas. Let's talk about Dallas. Oh, boy. All right. Not, maybe not for Dallas. long. Not for a long time. Wow, what a disappointment. What a disappointment. What a, what a huge disappointment, man. Is and, there— uh, it, Look, if you're Jerry Jones right now, Brad, seeing how bad this team got with Dak Prescott out of the lineup— is there any way you don't pay Dak at this point? Right. And that's actually the best thing going for Dak. Um, this is the know? best thing that could have happened to him, maybe, yeah, financially. Maybe, yeah, maybe letting the team uh, burn while he recoups, right? We had a legit discussion earlier before the season started. Andy Dalton, is it possible that Andy Dalton, that you know, whatever his salary is, let's say he becomes a starter and makes 15 mil a year in today's NFL, is he better at that 15 mil a year than Dak at, 35 or whatever sure sure, sure. we can say yeah, no well, yeah yeah we could say no well Andy Dalton didn't look that great and I gotta I gotta eat my words because I thought I thought they could actually be just as good yeah. which isn't very good mm-hmm. but I thought they could be just as productive on offense with Dalton um with his experience whiffed right? on that he's, one right no slouch um, but now, who do they got back there? Danucci. Uh, ben Danucci. Danucci. Oh but I, yeah. Dalton might be back this week I'm not sure Oh, yeah, he might not be the starter this week? Well, yeah, Dalton might be the starter again. Okay. It, it depends. But that was a really nasty concussion. He's still in concussion pro- protocol. It would That's not, right. That concussion That's was right. so bad that yeah. it would not shock me if Danucci, Danucci is the starter again. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so funny. That's his name, right? It's almost— Danucci. I, you know, I don't know why. It's funny. It's just a little know. bit comical. It is funny. It, it it's like funny, the least right? Dallas thing is Danucci. Yes, I know, I know. It's like, all right, we picked up the guy from down the block, and that's who we're going with now. You you would think like a Dallas quarterback name would be like Brock Stone or something well, exactly, like that. You right? get Danucci. Yeah. J.R. Ryder. <laughs> but that's that's an actual guy, right? Yeah, it is, I think so. That's a think basketball a guy. Basketball, yeah, NBA player. J.R. Ryder. Um, J.R. Ryder. Okay, so Dallas. Let's talk about how Dallas... I think our fans will find this interesting. How Dallas is the most interesting team to ever exist when they stink. They are. We want to talk about them when they stink. You know why it is? Because all the Dallas fans out there rub everything in the noses of everybody else. And then even when they're average, you still get it like they're the best team in the league. So when I they're not, know. it's so obnoxious. Everybody gets know? to come back. It's the comeuppance. They got this, they got the stadium, they got the superstar owner, they got Flash, and they have no substance. It's it's all icing, right? Yeah. They have they have no ingredients baking in there. I think that Jerry Jones, he was a good GM twenty five years ago. Yeah. But ever since then, man, just just what has he done that's been proper? You it's know like, what I you know, as a as a person and, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to say too much. But, like, you, you would think as an owner, writer, as a guy who's effectively the GM, he does take care of his stars, which I think is what you can't do. It's the anti-New England right. thing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You, you, I saw this in Washington. He's a good guy. You know, kudos to him for, for loving his boys. Yeah. But, man, it's hurting the team, you know? Yeah. You're right. The New England philosophy is the way to go. Yeah. It, you know, you look at it as a business. You cut people before you have to pay them too much, and mm-hmm. you get a little less productivity. And mm-hmm. that's just the way it should be. Let them hit free agency, get those compensatory picks. Baltimore, New England have been the best at that for for twenty years, and yeah, until right. Cam Newton takes over, I mean, New England was you know, and it, it, New England still looked good the first three weeks of the season. They just stopped running the ball. But sure. you know, Dallas, I, I, I we talked about this in the preview coming into the season. You look at their their salary structure, and by the way, the cap's going to go down by like twenty percent next year. Dallas is in a world of hurt this off season. Mm-hmm. But uh, outside of that, right? Um, you know, when you pay your entire offensive line ten million dollars a year. And now you have Dak under a franchise tag, and of course he's probably not going to be franchised this year. You would think that they would extend them, and I think both both them and, and Dallas will come together. I don't think we'll we'll see another franchise this year. But when you pay the top of your roster that much of a percentage of your cap, it hurts your depth. 
So what yeah. that means is, and and they've drafted fairly well. Like Steve Jones, I think is actually probably the better quote unquote general manager for that team. But the problem is now you got guys. What happens? Th- three of your offensive linemen are out, right? And your backup offensive line sucks. They suck. Yeah. Right. You know, right. you have a couple injuries on the defense. Vander Esch goes out, and you're Swiss cheese, and you're like the worst yeah. defense in the in well, the league. It's the antithesis of San Fran, who who's built on depth. They are built on depth, right. and right. you know, I don't mind extending guys, but you can't give Jalen Smith a ton of money and tick off Ezekiel Elliott. You cannot extend Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott, and Tyron Smith, and Zach Martin, and Jalen Smith. And, 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 and these Jones massive is, contracts. You can't he, do it. He wants to be liked. He wants to be popular. He wants his, He wants to have a family there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not that I don't respect that. That's beautiful. You know, it, it seems like a good man, but I think it's really hindering their, their progress. It is. It is. You got to make tough decisions. You got to, like, trade some of these guys. And it, yeah. it is great if you can afford them, but what ends up happening is – you know, it, it makes you top heavy. So if you have key injuries, and this is the 2020 is a year of massive injuries for everybody. And we're seeing Dallas, like nobody thought Dallas's defense is going to be that bad. Everybody thought they were yeah. going to be pretty good. They suck. Um, it's a weird deal to have your owner also be the GM. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I, I grew up wa- uh, a Washington fan. I'm not a Washington fan anymore. Um, because of Dan Snyder, can't stand him. But sure. this is that's why, like, I could I could smell this coming from a mile away because this is what Snyder did. He paid a bunch of stars, and then they had no depth. And what it, injuries happen everywhere in the NFL. And if you don't have depth, you're not going to win a lot of games because, like, the margin for error in the NFL is, is razor thin. And we're seeing it. So back to the game, we got Dallas, who's trying to start, you know, establish the run and play ball control because that's all they can do because you know they're they're they can't drop back and pass the way McCarthy wants to. Pittsburgh can stop the run and they can blitz the quarterback. I think this is the type of game where Pittsburgh's offense outscores the Dallas. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh's defense outscores the the Dallas offense. Oh, this is going to be so ugly. What what's the line? First the, of all, where's the game at? The game is in Dallas. All right. As so. of yesterday, Bavada didn't have a line when I was pulling these. I'll just I'll just go out and look real quick to see if they say come up with Pittsburgh them. by nine. Oh, I think if I was setting a line, I would set the line at fourteen. And I would uh-huh, still really? probably I, I would set it at fourteen and a half, make Pittsburgh get more than two touchdowns. Um, and I'd still probably take Pittsburgh in that scenario because I don't see any scenario where Dallas offensively puts up more than a couple of field goals. There's no way. There's no way. It's gonna be so ugly. Who did they just lose to, Dallas? Uh Philadelphia. And Philadelphia had four turnovers in the first like thirty five <laughs> minutes of the game. And they were oh my god. Four turnovers. Dallas was up nine to seven after four takeaways through the first two and a half quarters, Brad. Nine to seven. And they still got absolutely thumped at the end of that game in spite of the turnovers and the turnover margin. They're bad, dude. They're so they're so bad. Mm. Like I I love this. Let me see if there's a lineup on this yet. Um (laughs) there's a line. I see a line, it's not a real line. It can't be. It can't be. It's got to be an old line, like from a, from a by, bad website refresh. Well, it it said Pittsburgh by three. There's no way, or Pittsburgh plus three. There's, there's no way Pittsburgh's um, there. And yeah, Bavada. I I I'm I'm convinced. If I go to Bavada, let me just look. If you, if you can get in on that, I saw that yesterday, and I logged in in my Bavada. I could not uh, I could not get in on that action. So I, I'm I'm basically. I think what's happened is the sports books are waiting to see if if Dalton or Danucci. Danucci. Oh sure, sure, yeah. We're okay. gonna play. But to yeah. me, I mean, I, I don't even think that matters. I think you could set the line no, now. No, I don't think it matters either. It would not, not shock me one bit, Brad, if that line is 20. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, we saw, we saw Chiefs versus Jets last week at 20. Chiefs minus 20. I think it got bet down to 19 and a half. Chiefs covered. Um, let me, I'm just going to pull up one more thing here. Yeah, I can't find a, I can't find a line. So Bavada doesn't have it up yet. Okay. I don't yeah, know. I don't Predict the score. Either. Tell me what you think the score would be since we don't have a line. I think it's going to be Pittsburgh 35, Dallas 17. I think it's going to be worse junk, than that. Junk points. Junk points at the end. Yeah, I think Dallas – yeah, I guess you're right. I guess Dallas could get a garbage touchdown. Um, the only way that they score a lot of points is if Roethlisberger throws picks or you know Connor fumbles or something like that. I think this is realistically like a, like a 45 to 16 – 45 oh, to 13 type game. Just a, just a thumping. Huh? It's a thump. Uh, you know, when thump. the line comes out, I'm betting Pittsburgh. I mean, even if it's 20, I, I got to put money on Pittsburgh. I just don't see how, how Dallas matches up this week. I just don't. 
Anyway, let's move it on. We got the New Orleans Saints versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers rematch of the first week of the Ooh, season. Ooh, I love this game. Love this a game lot. too. I love this game a lot because the box were shortchanged a little bit that week one matchup, right? Yeah, Brady Brady and his receivers, they didn't have any chemistry going. Right, um, right. They had nothing first start, you know. And it was still and, a close game. Exactly, exactly. So what does that tell you? That, you know, I don't know where the Saints, I think, have won four in a row. Have they not? Yeah, the Saints are like one of these teams that, you know, they were my, coming into the season, I had Seattle as my NFC representative and, and New Orleans as my number two pick. I had Tampa Bay in the playoffs, um, but I thought the Saints would go like thirteen and three, and they could still get there. I think they're five and two now. But they've won these games, but they've—I mean, you can't really hold it against them. And I know Saints fans will be pounding the table. You can't hold it against them if they haven't won convincingly. Like I wouldn't say I, I'm impressed by any of the wins, but they did beat a Chicago Bears team that only had like sure. one loss going into that game or two sure. losses sure. or something. Um, you know, they did beat Tampa Bay earlier this year, and the defensive backfield for New Orleans played incredible against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that first week. Part of it was chemistry, and part of it was, you know, the Saints and their defensive backfield, like, really shut down the Bucs. Yeah, right. And that was the only game, I think, that we've seen Michael Thomas for the New Orleans Saints, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he got injured in that game. Yes. What, what is the deal? Is he coming back this week? Do we know? I have no freaking clue. Ah, what a weird year for that guy, man. How many different <laughs> reasons can you be absent from a game? It was ankle... Now he's now he's on the injured list with ankle and hamstring. There's been disciplinary stuff. Yeah, right. So bizarre. I would think that he'll be back for this game, but I've been saying that for five weeks, man. I've been saying that for five weeks. I don't I know. know. New Orleans Saints fans, comment below. What do you think? Is he going to play? But let me say this, man. They need him. I don't think the Saints they absolutely can... need him, and I think that maybe that's part of where their issue is. You know, they haven't actually. Yeah, been... agreed. They haven't been that fiery team that we've seen for the past few years, and that might be the piece. And I, you know what? I, I'd put money on that's that's what it is. They could use him, man, because Kamara can't carry the whole deal, although he is fantastic. Jeez, that guy. Yeah, you know, I remember when New Orleans, um, they started for us, or maybe the whole NFL, they started getting a stink on them when they lost that Monday night football game, and the, and the Raiders just came out. And what was their quote-unquote home opener, um, even though it was empty stands and all that. But the Raiders stumped them on Monday Night Football pretty convincingly. Um, but, you know, as we say, like, you know, sometimes teams come out flat and you don't freak out about that. No doubt to me the Saints will be in the playoffs. No doubt at all. Sure. But this is right. like a big game for me about the Saints. Is like what kind of, like, what kind of... What kind of character does the team have? Because, yeah, yeah. you know, Tampa Bay didn't play well, but they still beat the Giants. And I think there was a little bit of look ahead, a little bit of overlooking the Giants. And the Giants' defense probably, is good enough to where you can't. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's interesting. The Saints, the Saints' defense always does well against the run. Yeah. Always. Which I love, as we talked about with, you know, other teams and stuff. Tampa Bay, you know, Antonio Brown we're going to get this week. He's going to be there now. Oh, man, that's phenomenal. And And it's funny because I don't think that uh, it's hard to say, but I don't think Antonio Brown and Tom Brady are going to need any type of like getting Time. used to each other, right? Figuring it out with each other. I think they're just going to ball. I watched the game last year when New England, uh, it was New England uh, versus Miami and Antonio Brown was there. It was like week four, week five or so. I don't remember, but Antonio Brown, it was his one game that he played with Tom Brady. He caught a touchdown early and Brady barely missed him on two more. He could have had three uh -huh. touchdowns, should have had three touchdowns in that game. I think it's just talent on talent and veteran on veteran, and I think they're just yeah. going to get after it. Unless there's some type of deal where um, Antonio Brown is rusty for game conditions. You know, that's possible. All of the it is possible, but all the reports say he's in amazing shape. Like, they're blown okay. away by, you know, his how he's kept, like, up to speed there. So, all right, well, there it is. Let me see. I'm trying to get an injury status on, um, on Michael Thomas because, to me— yeah, I, I'm not seeing anything. All, all I'm seeing is the news prior to the Chicago game. Um, it's up in the air. I would say it's 50-50 at this point from what my quick my quick uh, synopsis here, my quick um, research. I think Minnesota, I, I'm sorry. I think New Orleans absolutely needs Michael Thomas because yeah. Tampa Bay. Look, they're, Tampa Bay's strong against the run. We know that, and they're not going to shut down Alvin Kamara's productivity. But I don't think they're going to get a lot between the tackles. The Saints. Um, for that matter, I don't think the Bucks will get a lot between the tackles against the 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 um, the Buccaneers. Well, whatever. Ne neither team's running. That's what I'm trying to say. The Saints are. Um, they'll be able to get Kamara on wheel routes. You know, Peyton's going to be able to get the ball into into the hands of Al Alvin Kamara. But receivers really 
concern me because Tampa Bay's pass defense is so much better. I really feel like they need, um, of course, Jared Cook, but they need like the possession guy. Yeah. And that's Michael Thomas's game. Right. right. Get that tough, nitty gritty third and seven. Drew Brees getting some pressure on him, throw the ball up, maybe double covered over the middle. Michael Thomas gets the grab. They need Michael Thomas this week. No question in my mind. Yeah, agreed. And I actually hope he starts because I want to see a really good game. I do too. Tampa, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and this the Bucks, man, they their defense is just fast, dude. This is a Sunday I, I mean, night game too, buddy. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Wow, look at that. Um, it makes me jealous how they, their defense can just—it looks different, you know. Green Bay it does have it, it. It just looks different, man. Mm-hmm. They're flying, dude. And if you if you hesitate for one second, they are gonna pick you off. And um, I think Breeze, you know, if there's one quarterback that can do it, it's Breeze and his and his thumb. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid ass thumb. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he gets the he gets rid of the ball so quick. Uh, but again, a lot of this is predicated on uh, we haven't seen New Orleans at full strength in their five and two, right? So I mean, sure. Uh, the, when we're when we're saying they're not, or when I'm saying they're not convincing, I mean it's it's not that I don't think they're a good team. It's that they're not as dominant as I've seen them in recent years. And I agree with you. It's got to be. A lot of this has got to come down to Michael Thomas and his lack of presence because that opens everything up for everybody else. Yes, it does, right. A lot stems from that for sure. And you know that like Sean Payton, he gets the ball into playmakers' hands and he dials stuff up, but a lot of that comes from the threat, the dual threat of having Kamara kind of out of the backfield on wheel routes or whatever and Michael Thomas possessing the ball. And they know that, look, on, on second and five, you could take a deep shot 40 yards down the field because on third and five, Michael Thomas... He's going to be covered, be and he's still going to get the ball. And he's still you know? going to get the ball. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Big loss for them this year. It's probably the main reason why they haven't looked like the New Orleans that mm-hmm. we're used to seeing. Yep. For yeah. sure. Agreed. Agreed. Agreed on all counts. So the 5-2 and two New Orleans Saints versus the 6-2 and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers. To open the week, Bovada had this line at New Orleans plus four on the road against Tampa Bay. Who would you have there? Um, I'm actually going to go with the Bucs, man. It's, it's, it's Brady time, dude. The guy knows what's up. Um... I, I, maybe they have their best showing of the year. Um, I, I agree. I mean, Tampa Bay is just shredding people. We we're talking about this earlier in the podcast. I think they're number two in terms of uh, scoring margin per game. Uh, maybe number three. They're definitely in the top top three. Uh, they're they're really playing well. I'm not going to pay too much attention to the New York Giants Monday Night Football game. Just like I'm not paying attention to the New Orleans Saints Las Vegas Raiders Monday Night Football game. Sure. It just happens, sure. right? Sometimes you throw these out the window. Um, yeah, and by the way, the, the Raiders also beat the Chiefs. We're not throwing the Chiefs out the window either. You know, it's it's one of these things. It's a division matchup. Tom Brady is sharper now. New Orleans needs Michael Thomas to have a chance. If Michael Thomas is off the field, I'm taking Tampa Bay all day on this. If Michael Thomas is in is on the field, I'm still going to take Tampa Bay, but I wouldn't actually bet it. So basically, if Michael Thomas is inactive, I'll actually put money on the game. I'll take Tampa Bay. If he's on the field, all bets are off because New Orleans is a transformed team, in my opinion, offensively at that point. And they haven't been a bad offensive team. They're just better with them on the field. So, Very good. All right, man, let's do some rapid fire uh, for the rest of the games we haven't covered yet. Uh, Baltimore Ravens versus Indianapolis Colts. Baltimore is minus three. Who would you take there? Baltimore. Yeah, me too. I think they'll bounce back. Carolina Panthers, according to Bavada, plus 12 and a half. Who would you take? Oh, against Kansas City. Um, plus Paul Matthew. Um, I'll go with the Carolina. I'm going to go with, I think Kansas City's playing better now. I'll go with Kansas City, but eh, you know, we'll see. By the way, um, for, for everybody watching this segment, uh, we featured Green Bay versus San Francisco. Brad and I both took San Francisco just based on their ability to run the ball. It was Green Bay minus three, but we think that line is actually because of Garoppolo being out, will be bet towards Green Bay. So I'll wait until Thursday, but I like San Francisco, uh, based on, Green Bay's inability to stop the run and vice versa. Uh, Chicago, according to Bavada, plus six versus the Tennessee Titans, both coming off losses. Oh, I like Tennessee there for sure. Man, I, I'm i going to take Chicago just because, look, Tennessee's defense isn't stopping anybody. So, you know, I don't know that I'm actually going to wager money on it, but they're not stopping anybody. Chicago can't score on anybody. Let's see what happens between these two teams. Right, you know, right, I, right. I I don't know. I'm going to stay away from it, but I'm interested to watch because Tennessee, man, like they're a really, really good team. I think they're built for January, but I'm sick of waiting on the defense to show up, dude. They got to they gotta make it happen. Uh, Denver, according to Bavada, plus four versus Atlanta. Hmm. Give, give some love to Atlanta. 
I like them. Come on, baby. Matt Ryan, get it done. Yeah, they're playing a little better since uh, Raheem yeah. Morris took over there. I'll take Atlanta, too. Um, Detroit Lions plus four versus the Minnesota Vikings. Detroit. I'm going to take Detroit there as well. But Minnesota, I've, I've thought all season long they're going to be better in the second half than the first half. And they did run the ball extremely yeah. well and play decent defense against Green Bay. So Yeah, but, you know, I like Detroit. To, they're one of those teams. They're what, they are. They'll be in every game, even though they'll lose by a field goal. They're gonna, they're gonna fight. You're right, you're right. And uh-huh. That's why, that's why I took them. They're getting four more than a field goal. I'll take Detroit. Right, right. Uh, Houston Texans minus six and a half versus Jacksonville Jaguars. Who um, Gardner Minshew will not be playing more than likely. So it'll be Mike Glennon at quarterback for Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So Houston Texans once again. Bavada has it minus six and a half. I like Houston. Just this, that six and a half line's juicy. I dig that. Yeah, I'll take that under a field goal for sure. And. Um, you know, Houston isn't a bad team. They had a brutal start to the stretch, and I think they're going to be better. Yeah. Uh, we got, let's see, the New York Giants plus three and a half versus Washington. Um, Washington. That, Bite my tongue. That three and a half bugs me. I'm going to stay away from it personally, but if I'll take a pick, I'll take I'll, I'll take this as a field goal game, so I'll take the points in the New York Giants because three and a half. Uh, we already did Seattle versus Buffalo. Seattle minus three versus Buffalo. Brad and I both took Seattle because we can't bet against Russell Wilson this season. He's just doing phenomenal things. Next game, we have the Las Vegas Raiders plus, at this point, I already saw it was bet down. Las Vegas Raiders, Bavad has it plus one versus the LA Chargers. Who do you got? Mm, I like the Raiders to continue to roll, baby. I dig them. Come on. Uh, I agree. I, I like the way yeah. they match up. Um, this is what I've been looking forward to for a while because, like, the Chargers, I like what they're doing with Herbert and everything, but the Raiders, I like the brand of football. They play better. I'm curious to see how these two teams match up against one another, so I'm looking forward to it. Brad and I talked about Miami plus 4.5 versus Arizona earlier in the podcast. We both, um, or I took Arizona, Brad took Miami. We'll see what happens. It's kind of an unknown entity with Tua back there. He didn't really have to play hard against the Rams, so um, we're punting on it in terms of wagering money, but you know, there you go. We both picked uh, one of these teams. Also, Pittsburgh versus Dallas, uh, we, did, we featured this game as well. Uh, there is no line yet because of the Dallas quarterback situation. If we were setting a line, Brad had it. I think about 10 maybe more I had it probably about 14 and a half but both of us are taking Pittsburgh because we don't see Dallas scoring much Um, we also featured um, just now the New Orleans Saints plus four versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers we both took Tampa Bay Um, if Michael Thomas isn't active that could uh, that could really shift things in Tampa Bay's favor we'll see last game Brad we got the New England Patriots minus I saw this is actually bet um, in the Jets' favor already New England the last I saw Bavad had at minus seven versus New York Jets Monday Night Football. <laughs> it's interesting the love that Belichick still gets. They've been terrible. They've been and they're terrible. They're still a seven point favorite, but the Jets are terrible too. But still, <laughs> I mean, I would have expected the line to be about three. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, the day has not arrived where I will bet against Belichick. So there it is. Yeah. You'll take the. I'm going to take the Patriots too. Look, you know, for me, I think the Patriots are getting too cute. Patriots this year with Cam Newton, he's not throwing the ball well. New England still doesn't have receivers to separate. It's pretty simple philosophy for me. The New England Patriots have to play the same style of football as the Baltimore Ravens. You got a strong defense. You got a really good running game. Your offensive line is good. You got talented running backs. And you got Cam Newton to thump people. Cam Newton not as dynamic as Lamar Jackson is, but he is a better thrower than Lamar Jackson is off a of play action. New England, just stop being cute. Run the damn ball. That's it. Know, That's all you right, have to do. Right. Okay, um, agreed. So what are we going to get? We're going to get 60 passing attempts from Cam Newton this week. Mark my words. They just do the... Yeah, right. I know, I know, I know. Of all this, Brad, this is where I've landed on New England. I'm not betting against Bill Belichick, but Josh McDaniels, who has full ownership of the offense, I'm selling on Josh McDaniels. He, he, He flamed out in Denver. He's had Tom Brady his entire career outside of those couple seasons in Denver. Couldn't get anything done without Tom Brady. I don't believe that he's the tactician. Um, now Bill Belichick is an, is an incredible coach, but I'm, I'm betting against Josh McDaniels. I think he's trash based on what I've seen this year. Yeah, for sure. Trash, trash, trash. He's garbage. Throw him out. Replace him with Bill O'Brien. I'm I'm joking. I'm joking. But anyway, there you go. That's the show, Brad. Anything else for the crowd before we head out? Man, halfway through the year, it's been quite awesome. Looking forward to that box. Yeah, you know, Uh, I don't miss, I don't miss the crowds in the stands. Um, I don't even notice it. Brad, I, I, I truly I, you know, I don't. I don't notice it either. Sometimes I'll see replays and think, man, it'd be really cool if the, the fans were there. Yeah, right. Uh, but when you're watching the game, you don't you don't really miss it. Yeah. It's probably more for the players at this point. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. And, you know, you hearing a little bit more. Actually, as a, as a TV viewer, I actually kind of like it better without him because you hear more of the signals and the shouting back and forth. I and know, stuff. that is cool. I dig that. Yeah, but, you know, we, everybody wants fans back in the crowd. Um, yes. But I'm just saying, like, it's not... Like, I don't even think about it on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays, I guess, too. So, anyway, hey, everybody out there, go out, make some bets, get paid. You want to get paid? Then get paid. Sean and Brad help you with the games. From the fantasy to the gambling. We the NFL experts help you win. You better tune in for the two hosts. They know everything from the players to the coaches. So get paid on a Sunday. Because the team right here know the game the most. From Chi-Town to the Florida coast. Got swag. Got butter with the toast. Brad's a washed up model. Don't hate on that. Sean writes the fantasy football almanac. So quit that losing time to win. We talk fantasy or real. Whatever you win. You're going to wish this podcast never ends. Now get ready for the best show to begin let's go